thankful you serve a good God. Amen. Amen. He's good all the time. Let's just go to him in prayer. Father, Lord, we just want to say how much we love you and appreciate you, Lord. We're thankful for the opportunity to come, Lord, and just to worship you with our friends and family, Lord, of like precious faith. And Lord, not to just see each other, but to see you visible among us, Lord. That's our desire. And we ask, Lord, that you'd come once again and you'd speak to our hearts and our lives. Or if there be anything, Lord, that we may have said or done that would be displeasing, Lord, we just want to submit our hearts to you and our lives to you every day. We just ask that you'd touch us tonight in your presence. Lord, will you just come by our way, Lord, and speak to our hearts. We just ask a special visitation tonight, Lord, from you. Lord, we so enjoyed Sunday, Lord, and the past services, but Lord, we just want to see you once more move among us. We just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to 1 Thessalonians 5. Amen. We, me and my wife, Sister Ruth, and Brother Tim, and Sister Karen, will be flying out in the morning, going to Florida to warmer weather. No. That's not why we're going, but uh, that's, that's just a bonus. <laughs> but um, no, brother, going down to Brother Danny Steeman's, um, preach a meeting down there with Brother Ron and, and uh, Brother Jason Jackson, going to celebrate my buddy's 50th birthday. Brother Danny Steeman's 50 years old this year, and I know he probably really loves me telling that, but uh, it's hard to believe as time just keeps marching on. If you're not there, well, just live a few more days, you'll be there. It comes on each and every one of us. So, but Anyway, we're just going to go down there and celebrate a time with him and his church, and we'll be sure and give greetings from our church to them. Amen. Let's look here at 1 Thessalonians 5 and uh, verse 21. It's this one verse. It says, Prove all things and hold fast that which is good. Amen. Prove all things and hold fast that which is good. Amen. We'll let you be seated. I'd like to speak to you again on the people of the promise and just key in on this verse tonight of scripture, hold fast. Amen. And Brother Branham actually used this text in proving his word. Wonderful service or sermon there, but Let's take a little part of it here. He says, when anything is proven, it'll either be proven to be right or to be proven to be wrong. He said, when there's anything in question, it should be proven until you find out, is it right or is it wrong? And then when you, if you find out that it's right, the Bible says to hold fast. And in other words, get a grip on it and don't turn it loose. Amen. Hold fast. He says, hold it tight. So that it will not slip from you. Hold fast to that which is good after it's been proven right. And anything that's proven not right, then turn it loose as quick as you can. Amen. That's some good godly advice there. Amen. Whatever's right, hold fast on to it. Get a good grip so it don't slip. But what's not right, turn it loose as fast as you can. Get away from it. Don't ever hold on to the wrong thing. He says, now it's, now it's possible that staunch Christians... Find people hold, sometimes hold to the wrong things thinking it is right. 
amen, thinking that is right, but he said these things should be proven whether they're right or wrong. And it's the duty of all of us as we're expecting to go to heaven when Jesus comes. It's the minister's duty, it's your duty that whenever a question is brought up, the minister is he solves it out and proves it before the people. And there's only one way to prove something, amen, true. There's only one absolute that we have. The world is not our absolute. Uh, the governments of this world is not our absolute. Amen. Uh, the, this, our, our, the church is not our absolute. A man's not our absolute. There's only one absolute, and that's the Word of God. And so that's how you judge things. You know, many people judge things by their emotions. They judge things by their feelings. Well, I believe this is right, or I feel this is okay, or, or that's wrong. And, and we tend to hold things sometimes as only based on how we feel, or our emotions, or our, our, our thoughts. or that. But that's not what we're to judge things by. We're to only judge things by the Word of God. And, and if the Word of God says it's right, then you hold on to it. If the God, word of God says that dress, uh, the dress according to the message and the, the things are right, then we should hold on That's to those right. things. Yeah. If the word of God says things are right, we should not let those things slip from us just because we've been going along a little further or we got maybe a little bit more revelation. But if it's the word of God and it's truly our absolute, we better get a death grip Amen. on it. Yeah. Amen. We better hold on to it and not let it slip away. You know, you see things in this hour where people that used to be full of the zeal of God and the things of God, and that was their appetite. Things begin to slip away a little bit and they begin to let go a little bit. But listen, when the word of God is our everything, we better not ever let it go. Amen. And this is what he's saying. It's a duty to hold on to it. He said, because no one wants to be found wrong. Listen, I don't want to get down to the end of this thing and realize I was holding a lot of wrong things because I let my feelings come above the Word of God. Or I let my thinking become above the Word of God. Or there's going to be a lot of people that's going to be judged, and they're going to be judged by the Word. Not by some man's theology or some man's thinking or some man's feelings or some emotion. That's not what we're going to be judged by. That's not what the white throne judgment's going to be about. It's going to be judged by the word of God. And there's going to be people that held on to things and they refused to let go. No matter what the word said, no matter what the word of God said in their lives or spoke to them in a service or a Wednesday or a Sunday, they held on to it. Why? Because their emotions or their feelings feeling was greater than the word of God. But that's not who we are. That's not who we're called to be. We're children of the promise. And when we see a promise, we let go of what is wrong and we grab a hold of what is right. Amen. He said that's to hold fast. It's to get a death grip on it. Hallelujah. Get a death grip on it and hold fast to that which is good. Now, I want to go through a little, few little scriptures here as we would look at this word, hold fast. He said in 2 Timothy 1 and verse 13, he said, hold fast the form of sound words, which thou hast heard of me in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. So Paul is instructing that I've given you sound words. It's, it's not my speech. He would say that if, a, if an angel or anybody else said anything different, let him be accursed. So he, w- he was very confident that what he was speaking was the word of God. Amen. And it's what we hold is the word of God today. And he said, hold fast. In other words, grab a hold of it. Don't let go of it. In Hebrews 3 and verse 6, he said, But Christ, as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end? Amen. 
Come on, somebody. So the same zeal that you started out with, you better hold fast to it to the end. The same confidence you had at the beginning, you need to hold fast to it to the end. That if you had confidence in a God who could take your life and turn it all around, and he would turn your life to where you was heading down a wrong path, and turn you around a 180, and head you back a different direction, and point your life, and you had confidence in him then, that if you could have confidence in him in the beginning, hold fast to that confidence. That he ain't brought you here to leave you. He ain't brought you here to see you fall. He's brought you here to take you all the way. And you're to hold fast to the confidence and the rejoicing. Amen. Hallelujah. He says, he said, let us, in verse, uh, chapter 4 and verse 14 in Hebrews there, he said, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, Let us hold fast our profession. Get a death grip on it. If you confessed yesterday that God's your healer and you're still sick today, get a death grip on that confession. He's still your healer. Amen. Don't let go of it. You know, just because it gets a little worse or the blood pressure gets a little worse or this gets a little worse or that gets a little... Hold fast. Hallelujah. I, I just got a wonderful testimony from Sister Ruth Coleman today, just this, this week, I believe. I don't know, days are passing so fast. Uh, but we just went and prayed for Sister Morgan that they'd found it. She had a, a, a sugar diabetes, they wanted to call it, in her body and said a virus had come and attacked her pancreas and it wasn't producing the insulin. Her sugar was up way, unbelievable levels, almost to being in a coma. Didn't know what was going on. Been sick for a long time. And we walked in there and we prayed for her. And, and she began to turn around. Sister Ruth said she, she was dismissed even faster than what they was anticipating. Amen. Said, but they sent a bunch of stuff home with them and, and the insulin shots and things. Said, you need to take these every day. And she said, who wants to do that? So they was looking at them. She said, fear began to creep on her. But she remembered a sermon on worry and how that don't have any, you shouldn't worry and things that we've been preaching on the promises. And he said, it just grabbed a hold of her. He said, Brother Nathaniel was there and said, you know, as we was looking at it, it seemed like a box of rattlesnakes we was playing with. And Brother Nathaniel said, we're not accepting that devil in our home. Hallelujah. And I believe that ought to be our profession this morning or this evening. I'm not accepting that devil. And I'm holding fast to a God who's not just able. He's more than able. And I'm not letting go of it. He says, hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched. Or in other words, we have a high priest that can be touched. Amen, with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the help in the time of need. Hebrews 10 and verse 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. That's another word you're not you don't have a hold of it today and tomorrow you got to let you let it go and let it slip away from you. No, I'm holding it no matter what the symptoms are. I'm holding it no matter what the situation is without wavering. Amen. For he is faithful that promise. 
Hallelujah. Amen. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another. Hold fast. Amen. Hold the line. Don't give up. Don't stop. We're right here at the end time. This ain't the time to let our morals down and our, 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 our convictions and let them be washed away. Hold fast. You know, I got to, I don't, I don't, I'm not promoting this translation, but they got this uh, something they call the easy read version. So I just, it happened to pop up when I was looking up the scripture and I want to read it to you in the same one, Hebrews 10 and verse 23. It says, we must hold on to God's promise that we have said we believed. <laughs> and we must never let go. Because he has promised it and he will do what he promised. So let us think of one another and help one another to love and, and to good, do good things. Uh-oh. Do not stop going to church meetings. Do not stop going to church meetings. Some people do stop, but help each other be strong. You must do it all the more as you see the great day coming closer. Hold fast. I can tell you was holding fast tonight. Some of you maybe not have felt like being here and you had feelings, but you took those feelings and you brought them subject to the word of God. Amen. We don't always feel like doing things. We don't always feel like coming to the house of God. But it ain't on our feelings. I'm not holding my feelings. I'm holding the word of God. He said, if any people will take the right mental attitude towards any divine promise that God ever made and claim it, grab it, get a death grip on it, claim it for you, God will bring it to pass. If you take the right attitude towards it, knowing if God said so, the promise is yours. It's your personal property. The very minute you receive it that way, it will come to pass. Whoo! Jacob, all disturbed one night, perplexed and in trouble, sent his wives across a little brook one time, went back on the other side in an unexpected place. At an unexpected time, he met God in an unexpected way. He said, what a way to meet God in a wrestling match. <laughs> in a wrestling match. But it was God, regardless of he's in the burning bush or a wrestling match. It's God. He had had dreams. He had visions. He had one time he laid his head on something and, and say it's God. He was able to hold on to it until the blessing came. He said, oh, if we could do that. If we could find a spot to where we could see God. Oh, tonight, may you find that spot where you can see God. He said, wherever it is, and you recognize him, and then hold on to him. Hallelujah, until the blessing comes. He said, see, sometimes you got to wrestle it out with God and let God know you mean business. 
Amen. God said if we seek, we find. If we ask, it shall be given. Knock, it'll be open. And every word of that is true. Jacob got a hold of something he could look at. He could hold with his hands. And he seen it with God. And he wasn't going to turn it loose. Oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. He said, oh, if Christendom could do that, if we could lay our hands on something that's real. Come on, somebody. You'll lay your, you'll lay your life on your feelings. You'll, people have laid all their money down on a gumption that they felt. They've laid all kinds of things down on something that's temporary. But I'm not talking about something that's temporary. I'm talking about the never failing word of Almighty God. If you can lay your hands and grab a hold of it, Say, this is my promise, and I'm not letting go. That's when the blessing will fall upon you. Catch a vision of God and see his presence. Let me, let me read this again. If you could lay your hand on a hold of something that's real and catch a vision of God and see his presence and hold on to it until God sends the answer. The blessing. He said, what a revival would break out. If people could do that, could see the power of a living God, something real, no matter what form he comes in. He said, but God has a way of sending things to us, answering our prayers. He said, there's been prayer meetings going on in this city where he was at there in Tulsa, Oklahoma, for a long time for a revival. He said, I believe if we could just open our eyes and be ready to receive it, God would send it to us in his way of doing it. It's his time that God would grant it, but we got to recognize we've asked, and if we've asked, we shall receive. Jacob held on to it. It was an unexpected time at an unexpected place in an unexpected way. But when he realized it was God, he said he wasn't letting go. Amen. Amen. If you could realize tonight that this is God, this is his word. He's faithful who made the promise. You wouldn't let go of it until he sent the answer. thinking on about this holding fast. You know, say I got this phone here and I got this bottle of water with my hand. Of course, I got another hand, but just for an example, for me to be able to grab this phone with, with my, this hand, I have to let go of something. I mean, you know, it's, I might could possibly try to pick it up and maybe get up, but then it's going to fall out. You have to let go of what's wrong. To be able to grab a hold of what's right. Come on, somebody. You've got to let go of past failures to be able to grab a God who's right now and he can make all things right. You've got to let go of fear and turmoil to be able to get a hold of peace. You've got to let go of bitterness. And malice and hatred to be able to grab a hold of forgiveness. Amen. You got to let go of family genes and break cycles and to be able to grab a hold of a God who's bigger than your family's strongholds. Abraham had to let go of a place he was born and and his lineage and, and where he lived. Amen. He let it all go. And he grabbed a hold of El Shaddai. 
He grabbed a hold of Jehovah Jireh, but he could not meet them until he let go of who he was. Moses had to let go of Egypt to be able to grab a hold of a God who could meet him in a burning bush and turn his life around and make a way through a Red Sea and through a wilderness. But he had to let go of all of those other things. Well, you say, well, I, you, Brother Timothy, you're preaching a, a good positive sermon, but I don't, you don't understand what I've done, what I've had, and what I've got. You know, all the people that's done me wrong. Well, tonight's the night you need to let go of those people that's done you wrong and all that inner stuff you've been holding and grab a hold of a God who's never done anybody wrong. Amen. It says there in Hebrews 11 and verse 24, it says, By faith Moses, when he come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So he come to a moment, he was done with it. He let go of it. All the prestige, all of what it could give him, all of the money, all of the pride, all of the arrogance, everything, he let go of it. Right. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. He goes to show you right there, affliction. With the people of God is greater than joy with the people of the sons and daughters of the devil. Because it's only temporary. Esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he respect and the recompense of the reward. By faith, he forsook Egypt. He let it go. He had it. He was next in line. He had the next moment. He was right there about to step on the throne. He, he would have had the whole kingdom. He would have had everything. But he let it go. Right. He forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. You know, we heard Sunday about Ruth. She had to let go of her idols and gods who couldn't hear. They couldn't help. They couldn't do nothing for her to be able to get a hold of a mighty man of wealth. I just was rereading that today. I reread it again about Ruth. She said, uh, uh, Naomi said to her, turn again, my daughters. Go your way. I'm old. I, I have my hope. I got a lamb, but you have nothing. Just go, go, go back to your people. Yeah. Ruth says, nope, but we know she went back. She, what was it? It was too much back there she couldn't let go of. That's why you see people come so far. She come a good ways toward the promised land. Yeah. But she couldn't let go. Maybe yours ain't so much an idol on a shelf somewhere and it's got gold plated. It's gold plated and you're bound down to it. But maybe your idol is bitterness. Yeah. People make an idol of that. Right. I ain't going to forgive nobody. I ain't got to forgive nobody. Well, if you want to receive forgiveness... You got to let go of that stuff. Jesus said, Father, forgive us as we forgive our debtors. Is that what he said? So the same forgiveness you give is the same forgiveness you receive. But we want to hold people. You know, we want to hold people captive. We want to hold them, you know, and, you know, just you're, you're the only one being held. You're being held from true joy and true happiness and, and true love of a family. You're the one being held. 
can make all kind of idols. Here, Ruth, come to that moment as we heard so wonderful, wonderful service Sunday, two services Sunday, wonderful. He says, Entreat me not to leave thee or return from following thee, for whether thou goest, I will go, whether thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people. I'm letting go, but I'm getting something. Thy God, my God. I'm letting go of the old gods and I'm grabbing a hold of another God. Where thou diest, will I die. There, where I, where, there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. And when she saw that she was steadfast, she had a dead death grip on this. She wasn't, she wasn't turning around. Amen. Then she left speaking unto her. You know, another one in the Bible was Esther. Esther had to let go of her feelings of unworthiness. Her fear and anxiety. She had to let it all go to be able to grab a hold of the scepter of a king. Let's look at Esther chapter 4 and verse 10. It says, Esther spake unto Hatak and gave him commandment unto, gave him commandment unto Mordecai. The, all the king's servants and all the people of the king's province do know that whosoever, whether man or woman, shall come into the king into the inner court who is not called, there is one law of his to put him to death, except such of whom the king shall hold out a golden scepter that he may live. But I have not been called to come into the king these 30 days. So she had fear, she had anxiety, she had all these things. And it kept her from going into her king. Mordecai began to speak to her. He says, verse 14, he says, If thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. Oh, yeah. God's going to deliver somebody. He will have his way. It depends on what you're willing to let go of, whether the deliverance will be you or not. Amen. Amen. We come to wonderful services and people get delivered all the time and we walk out there holding the same stuff when we could have traded it all away. Ain't it a wonderful thing tonight to realize that you could trade fear and unhappiness and, and depression and get joy and peace? And it's a no-brainer. You could, you could trade all your bitterness in and, and all the hatred and malice that you've held for years. You could let it all go and let it be washed away and get a hold of a God who's able to make all things right. And be able to work situations and places and ways that you can't even do or even think or ask. Esther chapter 5. After she put away all of that stuff. Came to pass on the third day. She put away her fear. She put away all her anxiety. She put away all of her worry. And she put on a royal apparel. And she stood in the inner court of the king's house over against the king's house. And the king sat upon his royal throne in the royal house over against the gate of the house. And it was so that when the king saw Esther the queen standing in the court that she obtained favor in his sight. 
And the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. Why? Amen. If she would have come in there with her fear and anxiety, she wouldn't have obtained favor. But she dressed herself in a royal apparel and she walked in there and the king held out his golden scepter. But if she has all of that stuff in her hands, she can't reach out and grab a hold of it. But you've got to be able to let all that go, all the past things. You know, I've seen people drag along past stuff. It's incredible. You can't talk to them five minutes without them bringing something up in the past and how bad somebody did something to them and how this one was wrong and how that was wrong. And they're just dragging this big, like a big old, you know, wad or something behind them. And they're just dragging along. Do you realize how free you could be if you just let go of that? Judge it by the word. Does the word say hold grudges? No. Let it go. Does the word say hold to bitterness? Let it go. He said, let it go and get away from it as fast as you can. Does the word say you have to live in anxiety? Let it go. Does the word say you have to live in fear and dread and torment? No, let it go. But does the word say the joy of the Lord is my strength? I'm grabbing a hold of it. Does the word of the Lord say that he's my God? Amen. Many are the afflictions, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. Whatever you want to grab a hold of tonight is up to you. Oh, yeah. It's like somebody listening to something and, you know, I forget the story. Somebody gave somebody a tape of Brother Branham and, you know, and he's talking about the different stories about the eagle and about the buzzards, you know, different stories he had. And the man come back and said, well, he called me a buzzard. The guy said, well, that's funny. He called me an eagle. Same tape. It's whatever you want to grab a hold of. Amen. If you want to grab a hold of being a Judas, you can grab a hold of it. But if you want to be that one, that maybe you might just be the thief on the cross, the last one to go into paradise, grab a hold of it. We hold on to family issues and family trouble, and we drag them from one service up to another service. You don't have to drag it another day. You don't have to take it five more minutes. It's this easy. Let go. Let go of it. And don't go back to it no more. Bury that thing. Say, it's dead to me. I'm not going back to that. I'm going to look at what's true. And there's only one thing that's true. Not your feelings. Not your past failures. What's true is the word of Almighty God. And you should grab it with all your heart and say, yes, Lord. Oh, that feels so wonderful. That royal apparel. Take hold and hold fast. When they come to the promised land at Kadesh Barnea, they were on the border. But Brother Benham said they made a big mistake. They stopped there. He said, let me say something tonight. He says, There's too many borderline preachers today staying on the border. God don't want you on the border. Cross over into the promised land. He said they sent some spies out. Got one out of each tribe, 12 of them. When they come back, 
Some said we can't do it. We can't do it. It's to opposition to. But there was old Caleb and Joshua said, we can do her. Yeah. You must have been southern boys, huh? We can do her. Oh, the high walls is high. That's true. They're walled up. People are so big. We look like that. that might be true. But you see, 10 of them were theologians, what they could see intellectual. But Joshua and Caleb was looking at God's promise. So it depends what you want to grab a hold of. Do you want to look and grab and look and see how big your devil is, or do you want to see how big your God is? That's what's the matter with people tonight, he says, in divine healing and everything. He said, what they don't realize, it's yours. Go take it. God promised it to you, brother. You believe that? God promised it to you, brother. Oh, he says, do you believe it? Well, then take it. Take it. How do I take it? Just like that. You take it. (laughs) It's yours. He said, see, one thing about God, he's not going to come around and poke it down your neck. Hello, somebody. I love the illustration Brother Tim used some time ago about the goats we used to have. He could see a goat that was sick. I would help him many times. He'd kind of look at it and realize, well, look at her eyes, look at different situations, whatever, judge it. Well, she's got, she's got worms. Go in the pill counter and look and see what you got. Well, we used this last time, let's use this. Go out there and grab that goat. Now you had a mentally wrestle match with him. Grab him around the neck, pry their mouth open. He'd do it or I'd do it. And one of us had the mouth open. The other one grabbed the syringe and we'd stick it down his throat and we'd squeeze it. And we'd squeeze it. And I'd go, <coughs> we knew it was good for the goat. Right. The goat didn't have a choice. Yeah. But that ain't the way God operates. Oh, it'd be something if we could see his minister see problems and go in there, grab something and come down to you. You're the one. Come here, let's get this service started right, brother. Grab you around the chokehold, pull it open and squeeze it down. It don't work like that. It would be nice, but it don't work like that. Be nice to be able to deal with situations sometimes, but you can't do it like that. That person has to realize, I have a need. And then that person got to realize there's a promise for my need. And then that person's got to grab a hold of that promise and get a death grip on it and say it's mine. And I'm not letting go until God sends the answer. He's not going to poke it down your neck. You've got to take the land yourself. He'd give it to you. It's yours. But you've got to rise and possess it. Hello, somebody. In other words, get up and go take it. Oh, yeah. It's your choice. If you want to murmur like the others did, you'll wander in the wilderness a little time longer. He said, till tomorrow night, maybe the next meeting, still sick. But if you're ready to take it tonight, it's yours. What kind of choice are you going to make? I'll take Jesus and his promise. And I'll turn and look at that devil and say, you're a liar. 
God said, these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Joshua said, it's a good land. He said, you, are you glad this is a wonderful land? I'm glad tonight we got witnesses in the church that's been somewhere that's got something that's come back with the evidence that the Holy Ghost is still the same tonight as it was on the day that fell at Pentecost. We got any witnesses in the house? Amen. He said, you know, there's people that say, I was fanaticism away with such stuff. He said, God said, Jesus rose from the dead. He did. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We can take it. It's ours. We're able. What we need tonight is to do it. What we need tonight is to do it. It's yours. The promise is unto you and your children. Them that are as many as the Lord our God shall call. Freedom of choice. To me, he's the same. To me, he keeps his promises. To me, he was wounded for my transgression. To me, he was bruised for my iniquity. To me, the chastisement of my peace was upon him. And to me, by his stripes, I'm healed. I believe it's your choice. We're at the borderland. He says, we come through many dangers, tolls, and snares. I've already come. It was grace that brought me this safe this far. And it's grace that'll take me on. The promised land, we're there. The Bible said, I would above all things, you prosper in health. It's yours. God promises it. But you're going to have to take it. And as soon as you lay claim to it, they'll stand up a little old Amorite standing there. He said, don't bow down to him. Kick him out of the way. Kick him out of the way. He said, if you pick up one of them little babies, well, ain't he cute? Kick him out of the way. Because one day, he'll be like his daddy. The lamb belongs to you. Amen. See, don't care how innocent, how petty it looks. You might have steeples and shrines and say, oh, man, like a dying calf. That don't change nothing. It never changes God's word. God said we could take it. It's ours. It's our promise. Know what the Holy Spirit said and know that he's here to back it up. Oh, my. He says in another place, I've already given it to you. It's yours. Now go take it. Look what God just, he didn't go down there. He could have. Through the, through the children of Israel, <clears throat> he could have um, sent a plague and drove them out. Some cases, some battles, he did send hornets. Sent different storms. But he said he never went into the land and took the houses and just killed them all. He said, all right, just bury the dead. The houses are yours. But the promise was theirs. The land was theirs. He'd give it to them, but they had to go take it. They had to grab a hold to it. They had to look at it and say, that's mine. Caleb had to look at a mountain and say, give me that mountain. Well, Caleb, there's giants on it. I don't care what's on it. God said, it's mine. Give that mountain to me. See, he says, uh, in another place, he said, Elisha, after his whole heart's desire was to get the promise. Talking about going there as he asked for a double portion. And he said his whole heart's desire was to get the promise. Can our whole heart be that way tonight? 
He wanted the promise. That promise was his all. That promise was his life. That was his whole intent. Everything hung on getting that promise. I'm persuaded to believe we're not sincere about this when we're talking about it. He says, if your whole motive today rests upon giving God praise, amen, for the healing, I'm determined to be healed by the power of God. Listen to this. We're talking about determination, holding fast, don't letting go, get a death grip on it. I'm determined to be healed by the power of God. I'm determined to live a Christian life. I'm determined to walk with God. I'm determined to do it. I don't care what mother says, what church says, what pastor says, what anybody says, what the world says. I'm determined. Do we have any determined people in the house tonight? I'm determined with that singleness of heart. Something's going to happen. When Elijah saw, he was determined. God gave him the promise, if thou can see me when I go, then you can have what you ask for. But then it was left up to Elisha. He wanted to see it. He said, see, but there was an if. If you can see me. He said, there's an if this morning. If you're sick this morning. See, the if ain't the word. (laughs) I read this. I was thinking, my, what, what, what a place to put the if. He talked about Elisha. He said, if you see me. With you, he says, if you're sick this morning. The if is not the word. The word is always the promise. And he will fulfill it. If you're sick this morning, you want to be healed. I can prove to you that he gave the promise. And the promise is yours. If you'll grab a hold of it and believe. Don't be defeated. (laughs) He said, maybe you broke up your home. Maybe you've left your husband or your wife's left you. Maybe you've, you've run off from your children. Maybe there's many things in your life that the enemy has trapped you in. But remember, you still have rights. Amen. You have rights to a conference with God. Amen, that God could come and speak to and you could talk it over. He's the very present help in the time of trouble. And you have a right to have a moment with him. Hallelujah. It could be in an unexpected place at an unexpected time, maybe on a Wednesday night, but you have a right to have a conference with him. As Jacob had that moment as he was living in fear, worried about his life, and tried to set up the best battle plans, but then an angel came down. And he began to wrestle with this man, and he's wrestling back and forth, and he began to realize this ain't no ordinary man. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Sometimes a service is a wrestling match. You're wrestling to get something out of it. You're wrestling back and forth. I'm tired. Let me wake up. I'm tired. Let me wake up. It's a Wednesday night. I got to work tomorrow. Let me go. And you're right, but all of a sudden you realize this ain't no just ordinary service. This ain't no just ordinary time. This is a conference with God. This is a moment that I can be changed. 
This is a time that I can walk out of here and I ain't got to take what I walked in here with me. I can lay it all down and I can walk out with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Jacob was wrestling back and forth and he began to realize this ain't just some man that jumped me in a ditch. This is an angel of God. And the angel began to say, let me go. I ain't letting you go till you bless me. The atmosphere changed. There was a singleness of heart. He began to lose his fear and began to get some grit about him. Is that not true? He was fearing his own brother. And now he's in a ditch wrestling with a man. And he lost all fear. When he realized this is my moment, this is my time, I can leave here a different person. I ain't got to be the same. There's a wrestling going on. Let me go. I ain't letting you go. That don't sound like a fearful man no more to me, does it? Let me go. I ain't letting you go until you bless me. I ain't letting you go. Let me go. I ain't letting you go. And the angels touched him upon his thigh, and he walked out of there a different man. If you can have that singleness of heart when you come to the house of God and begin to wrestle it out with God, I have a right to have a conference with him. I have a right to come to that moment. Say, Lord, I ain't letting you go till you bless me. I ain't letting you go till you change my life. I ain't letting you go. Let me go. I ain't letting you go. He says there may be some type of crucial moment. Cancers took a hold of you. Some other disease. Maybe sin has taken a hold of you. And it's going to crush you right down into the devil's hell, separated from God. Hold a conference. Hold a conference. When this conference was held, God, was held, God stood on a rock by the side of Moses and go down to the camp, Moses. Go down there and speak to the people and go forward. Don't make crossing the Red Sea. Go forward. I'll make a way where there comes time to make a way. I'm a way-making God. He's a way-maker. <laughs> He's a devil defeater. Amen. Fear not, Israel, stand still this day and see the power of our God. Go towards the sea. Don't move from the commandment. Go forward. The promised land belongs to us. The enemy's in our way. Cut us off, but God said, go forward. Keep moving. He said, that's what's the matter today. God calls you, and he wants. He gives you gift after gift, power after power, grace after grace. He said, but you turn to some organization, and you let go of all of that. To grab a hold of man's creeds and man's dog. He said, you need to keep moving. Go right towards Calvary. Go right towards the promise. Amen. The church says, I'll cut you off. Keep moving. The promise is your dad mom says, I'll cut you off. Keep moving. Kim folks said, I'll leave you. Keep moving. There's a singleness in your heart. I'm looking for a promise, and it's going to be fulfilled in my life. Amen. As, as, as Abraham, I begin to seek after something different. He begin to seek not for pleasures or not for more wealth. He began to seek a city whose builder and maker was God. Begin to overtake him. Begin to move forward. Listen to this. He says, you people that was prayed for, all of you last night, somebody laid hands on you as we prayed. The presence of God came down and revealed himself. 
to show that it was a truth that he was here. There's no fooling. There's no mistake. It's the truth. He said, so we lay aside reasons and we cast everything down that's against the word of God. And we take the word of God and we move on. And we say, the promise is mine. Not reasonings, not worry, not worrying about why it's worse and what it was before. Not, not it. No. He says, take the promise and move forward. He said, you'll fight for every inch of it, and you'll take every step of it. It's a battle. The promise is yours, but it's a battle. He said, the promised land is laying there. They had to fight every step of the way. He said, when I come to the gospel and I begin to preach 31 years ago, I had to take the sword of God and take the promise and start cutting away every devil that tried to stand on it. He said, somebody come say, now we belong to the Baptist group. You can't believe that. That wasn't for you. He said, what do you do? I took the sword and I cut free from it and I kept marching on. He said, I come to the Pentecostals. You go to that group and you have nothing to do with you. Another group said, you go with them. We have nothing to do with you. I cut loose from that and I just kept marching on. I've had to fight every inch of the way. But the, it's a promise. God made the promise. Let's stay with it till the promise is fulfilled. He said, you've got to have a battle. Everything, everything comes lazy. What are you overcoming? They overcome by the word of God and their testimony, by the blood of Jesus, Jesus and their testimony. We've got to overcome something. We've got to have obstacles. Amen. We've got to have things that stands up against us. But that don't mean you're defeated just because something stood up against you. He says, uh, if you don't want that, he said, why'd you join the army for anyhow? <laughs> lay around, strut up down the street, show off. That's the way some Christians act. We want to be looked up to. He said, you're not going to be looked up to. You're going to be looked down on. Amen. He said, for all the godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, but pick up the sword and keep going on. Hey, man, you got your joy shoes on tonight? You know, I was thinking about that quote. Got to, you know, we might as well be joyful. I don't, I don't believe in being a sorrowful Christian. I'm living the best life that ever could be lived. Serving the best God that could ever be served. Oh, he's given me so much. We come through this Thanksgiving season. I know every one of us could testify, this is a good land. This is a wonderful God. So put them joy shoes on just for a moment. Grab a hold of them, put them on. Abraham possessed his land and what was on it. God gave it to him. And he said Lot was a part of that land. So Abraham had a right to it. Hello, somebody. Lot was on the land. Abraham had a right to it. He could lay hold on it if he desired to do so. He says, now, God, you made the promise that, what was, that this was my land and all that is in it is mine. You made the promise. Now my kinsman was taken and all that he's got is gone. 
And in other words, if it applied today, it's the church of the living God could say, Lord God, here lays my brother. He's stricken with cancer. He's stricken with tuberculosis. He got so-and-so. I lay hold of the promise. It's my possession. You have done told me it was. There you are. Then after you go after the enemy, the devil, and slaughter him, just the same as Abraham slaughtered the king and brought back his possession, you can do the same thing. Oh, it just gets gooder and gooder. Abraham had right to the promise, and the promise was his, yet he had to fight to possess it. And the believer today, we're heir to all things. We're heir to every spiritual blessing, every physical blessing, every blessing the Bible's ever promised. We are heir to it, yet we will have to fight every inch of the way. You have to fight to possess it, but you have to fight to hold it. You have to fight to claim it. You say, I need healing. The promise is yours. If you'll ever get it, you ain't going to get it easy. Come on, somebody. Oh, I just expected that God just to come down. He can, but that ain't healing. You said, I need healing. Healing is a process. Listen to this. You're going to have to take it away from Satan. Yep. You're not going to get it easy. I'm going to tell you that you're going to have to take it from Satan. If Satan captured your health, you've got a right to go to Satan and say, hand it back over. I come in the name of the Lord, the possessor of heaven and earth, and I am his heir. Give it back. Amen. You took my child. You got your joy shoes on. You took my child. You got her mixed up with the wrong boy. You took my boy, and you got her mixed up with the wrong girl. I come to claim them back. Amen. I claim my brother. I claim my sister. Yes, Satan, you took them from the house of God. You coaxed them out there, but I'm coming after them. I claim them in the name of Jesus Christ. How can you do that? I'm an heir to all things. He give it to me. I'm an heir. I can claim everything that God promised me. It's mine. How do you do it? Something you done? No, sir. It's an unmerited gift of God that's given me. It's mine. It belongs to me. Satan cannot hold it. Amen. If you take the scriptural authoritative word with faith and say, it's mine, lay it down. Yes. Woo, Jesus. Wonderful. Amen. He said, the promise is unto us and our children. Yeah. If Lot was in the land and Abraham had the right to go after a backslidden son, we have the same rights. We have the same authority to speak the word of God and say, Satan, give them back. Turn them loose. You can't hold them another moment. It's my son. It's my daughter. I am a possessor of all things. It's mine. Satan, you lay it down. You took it from me, give it back. 
I'm serving notice on you. I've got a notice written right there on the word. Heavens and earth will pass away, but this notice shall never pass away. I come with this notice to serve you. That Jesus Christ said, whatsoever I ask the Father in his name, he'll give it to me. If I say to this mountain, be moved, it's got to go. What I've said shall come to pass. I can have what I say. Lay it down, devil. Mm -hmm. Lay it down, devil. That gets him started. He said, gets him running. Gets him moving out of there. He said, if you'll begin to speak the word of God to him, he's got to go. Mercy. Grab a hold of it. He said, well, I just don't feel very good. Has nothing to do with it. The promise is yours. God, give it to you. Slay those Philistines. Slay those Amorites, Hittites. Kill them out. Go in and take it. God said it's yours. Go get it. Well, I'll go in. He didn't say, I'll go in, sweep it all out, build you up some nice cities, set you down on easy street. No, he doesn't do that. He gives it to you, but you got something to do. He's good enough to give you the land and said he would help you and be with you, but you've got to go take it. If you're sick tonight, crippled, blind, deaf, dumb, whatever you got, go take it. God said it's yours, it's your possession, God give it to you. He told them that he was going to give them the land. He sent an angel before them to take care of the way, bring them to the place where it was at. He sent spies, he'd done all that. But they had to make a choice. It's my land, I'm going to take it. Now you can stand off like this, he said, and say, well... I don't know whether it's for me or not. Might be for somebody else. Maybe another day. He said, just the Holy, get the Holy Ghost first. And you'll see what divine healing means to you then. He said, what a heartfelt religion means to you when you get the Holy Spirit in there. Then it'll mean something to you. Then that land will mean something to you. Then you won't be as happier. Just be happy living with things. So that's really the problem a lot of times. Bitterness and things we allow that we hold on for years. Things we allow to keep. Oh, we come to church, but we're not really serving God with our whole heart. Why? Because it's a lack of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But brother, in this scripture, redemption by power, he said. They had the cooked lamb there before them. But it wasn't good to just be cooked. They had to grab a hold of it and tear off their piece and begin to put it in their mouth and begin to eat the lamb. Listen, a preacher can preach it. He can preach so he's blue in the face. We got wonderful men of God up here that can preach. Preach the wonderful promises of God. Preach them services after service. Talk about how Ruth, uh, yeah, Sunday, how Ruth had a, was able to grab it. He dropped handfuls on purpose. But those handfuls would have done her no good unless she reached down. Amen. And she grabbed a hold of it. Right. Unless she said, that's mine. Right. Yeah. That's mine. 
That belongs to me. He gave that to me. That's mine. Revelations 3, verse 11 and 12, he says, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, and let no man take thy crown. Quit letting the devil take things from you. Taking your morals and taking your convictions and taking your dress and taking and taking and quit letting him take it. Hold fast. What about he would say to what happened to the first church age when he says, I have somewhat against thee because you've lost your first love. That first moment where he came and changed your life. And you were so in love. God, I love you. He took sick sin away. He he dropped off cigarettes and drugs or whatever. Worldly ideas and theology is a man. He stripped it all away from you and he made you something new and you were so in love. You wouldn't dare miss a service. You wouldn't dare not read your Bible. You wouldn't dare not pray. You wouldn't dare not read your scriptures. But something's slipping. It's because people's not holding fast. Got a death grip on it. Listen, we've heard it before. It ain't just in one church. It's all over. As we heard Sunday, churches are closing everywhere. And it ain't just nominal churches. Message churches are closing everywhere. Why? Because either someone let something come between them that split them apart and splintered them and it became greater than the Word of God. Or they allowed something, some cold, formal idea to come in and it killed the move of the Spirit greater than the Word of God. Or they allowed some thing to just move them away. You know, I've witnessed people that, you know, uh, you talk to them, they say, well, I just, I just want to pause for a minute. I, I want to, you know, they start, start missing church and they start, you go talk to them and they say, well, I, I'm just taking a break. And they just let things go. And towards the day, they're not even recognizable. Today, they're joining in the folly of the world, posting things that you think, what in the world happened? Used to be message believers. They let something slip somewhere. I'm not even talking about letting something slip to where one day you got long hair, the next day you got short hair. I'm talking about little things. The scripture says a little foxes spoil the vine. Amen. Little things we allow to come in. Brother Branham talks about that many times. He said, how do we let the goats get in? Because we let the bars down. We allow things to slip in and slip in and slip in. And the next thing, these same people who used to be in the service, they used to be serving God, they used to be living God, are now looking at men. So-called men dressed in pink tights and gay homosexuals and they're wanting to march in the parade and, and people are saying, now nah, you know, saying things against them, not letting them. They're saying, why? Why won't you just let? We're talking about people that used to be message believers are now sympathizing with those things. Why? Because they let go. And this is the word of God tonight. Hold fast. Yes. Amen. Amen. 
Hold fast to that which you have. Listen, it ain't about, well, I ain't got it. I'm just going to give up. No, I ain't got it. I'm going to get it. If I ain't got the Holy Ghost, I'm going to get the Holy Ghost. If I ain't got the power of God in my life, I'm going to receive the power of God. Let no man take thy crown. Brother Branham, a little further down, he says, oh, what a word for us at this time. He brought it to this day. Is hold fast. Persevere. Don't give up. Put on the whole armor of God. Use every weapon he has given us. Every gift of our, at our disposal. And look ahead with joy. <laughs> with joy. Because we're going to be crowned by him who is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. My search on hold fast, I run across this quote. It's too good not to bring it at the end of the service. In discernment, he said, if God will speak to me what your trouble is, Will you believe like that woman that it was Christ? Will the audience believe? Say amen. The lady be my judge. You have much trouble. You have been real nervous, extremely nervous. He said, I see you can't hold things. Now he's talking about, I'm sure, a natural thing. But maybe it's tonight a spiritual situation. And you've been letting go. And you can't seem to hold on to the promise. You can't hold things. So if you got you have to sometimes you get so wore out, you gotta sit back down. So you got trouble in your back and you lit your liver on the right side in the back. It's caused you to be upset. He said, but now I see a hospital. In the hospital, I see you going in under an operation. Oh, it's not the liver, it's right there close, it's the female glands. The doctors operated on female glands. That's thus saith the Holy Spirit. Was that the truth? If it is, wave your hand like this. That's not me. That's the Holy Spirit just using my voice. I missed a part at the beginning. In the part of the beginning, he said, I can't even speak your language. He's speaking to her through a translator. He said, I can't even speak your language. And he's telling her all this. He said, it wasn't me. It's the Holy Spirit using my voice. Now, you do you believe? said, Jesus, raised from the dead. Your faith has healed you, sister. Return home. You're going to be well. Yeah. And he said, but wait a minute. I want to ask you something. While all of that was going on, something went through you, and it seemed to tell you this is the end of your trouble. Yeah. That's right. If that's right, raise your hand and wave it just like that. Yeah. Woo, I'm waving my hand tonight. I've heard the word of God, and the word of God has spoke. Hallelujah. Maybe in this service, it's went through your heart. I'm going to grab a hold of the promise, and I'm not letting go. Maybe just wave your hand like that. That's me, Lord. I'm holding on to the promise. Listen, if a prophet of God could speak up something in the mind of a woman that's not in her own, his own language, how much more could God Pick up things in your heart tonight. 
in your life tonight, the battles that you're going through and the situation you're going, maybe something you thought was just your thoughts going through, but it's him saying this battle, the end of your trouble is tonight. Woo! The end of your trouble is tonight. Grab a hold of a promise. Oh, there's a Hivite there. There's a demon of hell. Grab that sword and say, devil, I've come to claim what's mine in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm not letting go. I'm not backing down. I'm coming here to claim my God-given rights. And I'm holding on to it. And I'll never let it go. Oh, how many tonight could be that way? Father, let me hold on to what's been given me. Let no man take my crown. Let let me not be found holding on to wrong things. Let me not be found holding on to my hurt feelings and my hurt mistakes, my bad mistakes and my past failures. That's that's guiding me and that's leading me. But let me prove it by the word of God. And when I see what's good, grab it. And now they go. You that's prayed for Sunday. What's been your confession the rest of this week? You say, well, Brother Timothy, I took another pill. Well, that's not what I'm talking about. The way I look at that is when, when I got something going on in my life and I'm waiting for the answer from God, I'm going to use what God's given me, whatever it may be. But I'm going to take that I'm going to say, Lord... By your stripes, I'm healed. Until my body matches my confession. Now, I've seen people grab a hold of enough faith, they don't have to take one pill. It happens like that. Amen. But whatever it is, Lord, I'm going to walk with you day by day. By your stripes, I'm healed. By your stripes, I'm healed. By your stripes, I'm healed. I'm not letting go of it. You know, I ain't getting up one day and say, oh, it hurts so bad. I wish, you know, I've heard people that grabbed a hold of something long enough to hold it for a couple of days, and, and here it comes again, and it seems to get worse, and they say, I wish we had something that lasts. We do have something that lasts. But does your faith last tonight? Are you strong enough to say, Lord, I want to grab a hold of your promise? This promise is held for thousands and thousands of years. This promise was good enough for Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. This is good enough for David. It was good enough for Elijah. It was good enough for Elisha. It was good enough for Paul. It was good enough for Brother Branham. It's good enough for me. And it's still just the same today as it was yesterday. It's the end of your problems. It's the end of your troubles. If you hold on, the answer's on the way. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads tonight in faith, believing that what he's promised that he will do. Grab a hold of it tonight. Maybe, maybe you've been letting it slip. Even some of you have prayed for Sunday. Have you let it slip? Are you yet still believing? man gave a testimony. A little woman used to go visit in the nursing home. Old saintly, old black sister. Said he'd walk in there. She'd ask him, how you doing? Are you yet holding on? Yes, ma'am, I'm still holding on. Well, you just keep on holding on then. 
<laughs> Every time he walked in there, are you yet holding on? Yes, ma'am. I'm yet holding on. Well, you just keep on holding on then. The Word's asking you tonight, are you yet holding on? What are you holding on to? Judge it by the Word. Say, Lord, what am I holding tonight? Do I got a hold of a promise? Or do I got a hold of a feeling? Do I got a hold of a promise? Or do I got a hold of a past failure? Do I got a hold of a promise? Or am I holding on to some grudge or some bitterness? What am I holding to, Lord? Tonight, let it go. Maybe there's things that happen in your family you can't do nothing about. Let it go. Let a God handle it. Sometimes it starts by God handling you. Changing your heart. Changing your life. Let it go. Don't hold on to things unless it's good. And there ain't but one thing that's good, and that's God. I wonder how many would tonight would say, Brother Timothy, as you've been speaking, I've been judging what I've been holding on to. And tonight I see that I've held on to some things that's not right, and I want to let them go tonight. If that's you, won't you just wave your hand? Say, Lord, that's me. I want to let it all go tonight, Lord. Let it all go. And you put that hand down. Say, tonight, Lord, I want to reach my hand up. As I've let these things go, I want to go ahead and grab a hold of that promise while I'm here. And I want to hold on to it with all that I've got. Yes, Lord. Father, the Word judges us, Father. Or many times we've heard staunch Christians hold on to things thinking they're right. Lord, not sinners. Lord, we've held on to things thinking they're working miracles or miracle working drug or miracle this. We've held on to things, Lord, that We've allowed to creep up and hold and hold our lives from our past and from past family issues, past things in our lineages, past, past, past. People have allowed all kinds of things to hold them back. Lord, I think about a man who had a moment. He had a real moment. Lord, he stood face to face with you. Stood there looking you in the eyes 2,000 years ago. Lord, he had a moment where he could have threw his arms around you and say, Father, forgive me. Lord, he kissed you on the neck and he turned and went and grabbed a hold of 30 pieces of silver. 
Lord, I think of another man. Lord, it had things hanging on him. He was holding to a cross. But at that moment, he let it go. And he saw you who was faithful. Saw you who had done no wrong. You didn't deserve to die. You didn't deserve to be in that place. He did, but you didn't. Lord, what a trade that man made. Lord, may there be a lot of folks tonight, Lord, different, maybe here on the internet, archive, whatever. Lord, to begin to realize, you know what? I, I've been holding on to a lot of traditions. I've been holding on to a lot of hurts, past feelings, bitterness. I've been holding on to a lot of things. God, I want to let it go. And I want to judge you faithful who's given the promise. Lord, let healing take place in these hearts here tonight. Physical healing, spiritual healing, the soul, body, and spirit. Grant it for every hand that was raised. Grant it for every heart that's open towards you, Lord. Prove all things and hold fast to that which is good. Jesus, you're truly the only good thing that there is. Let us grab a hold. So many examples in the Bible of the little woman who laid aside all kinds of things, fought through all kinds of crowd to reach up and grab the hem of your garment. What a trade that was. Lord, if we could just grab it, we could realize it's ours. Let's go take it. Let's go possess it. It's our land. It's a good land. It flows with milk and honey. It's exactly as you said it, it would be. Let's take it. In Jesus' name.